Hello everyone, this is Fabrice. Today I'll be talking about a disturbing and unresolved phenomenon that shook England in the late 60s. For several weeks, a cemetery in North London becomes the stage for a highly publicized affair. Several people claim to have seen mysterious creatures there, with some even stating they were attacked. The press seizes upon it and the residents shudder with fear. Thus begins a legend. A mysterious creature is said to haunt the cemetery, its name the Highgate Vampire. From supernatural occurrences to the fervor of the public, join me in discovering its story. If you take a stroll through the residential neighborhood of Highgate in the northern part of the British capital, you'll be struck by its tranquility and quality of life. Vast green spaces intersect with the alleys of bourgeois Victorian houses. Amidst this upscale neighborhood, there lies a cemetery. But not just any cemetery. The Highgate Cemetery, located on the Hampstead Hill, is part of the Magnificent Seven a series of seven private cemeteries built for the upper classes in the late 19th century. It is as large as 15 football fields, surrounded by lush vegetation, and serves as a walking area for the residents. Wandering along its pathways, you can admire its Gothic style adorned with impressive statues. In the midst of the cemetery, there's a grand alleyway known as Swain's Lane, often used as a shortcut, a serene place for a leisurely stroll, or so it seems. Because when this alley turns eerie after nightfall, unexplained phenomena occur. It all began one summer evening in 1967. Elizabeth Wojdyla and Barbara Moriarty Two 16-year-old friends were returning home from an event and took the central pathway through the cemetery. But as they reached the northern exit, they were startled by dark shadows, obscure figures rising from the graves. Initially thinking it might be a person lurking in the darkness, they stood frozen in fear. Then the shapes began to stir and stretch towards the sky. These creatures were like nothing they'd seen before almost like the deceased rising from their tombs. The young women were petrified, yet they had to react as the dark shadows approached them. With a single thought in mind, to flee the cemetery, they walked closely together in silence, as discreetly as possible. Once outside the cemetery, the two girls were trembling and utterly lost. Barbara was in shock, and Elizabeth seemed haunted she started experiencing sleepwalking episodes and horrifying nightmares as if possessed. But the phenomenon wasn't isolated. A few weeks later, a couple also walked down Swain's Lane. Suddenly, the pair came to a halt as they saw a silhouette moving behind the iron railings of the gate. 
The man and the woman would later describe the face of this entity as reflecting absolute emptiness. The incident reached the ears of a young man from the neighborhood, fascinated by occult sciences and paranormal phenomena, a certain David Ferrant. He volunteered to unravel this mystery and decided to spend a night in the cemetery. The night of December 24th to the 25th, 1969 was pitch black. Ferrant positioned himself behind a tomb that provided a complete view of the central alley. Suddenly, two points of light pierced the darkness. A figure over two meters tall, draped in a long coat, stood before him. As the creature approached, the cold intensified. Ferrant began to weaken, feeling as though the entity was drawing him in, sapping his energy. He realized that this entity wasn't human. He attempted to recall the Kabbalistic incantations he had learned from his books. As he recited them as loudly as he could, the entity started diminishing and the temperature started going back to normal. He knew what he had seen wasn't a product of his imagination, and he knew he wasn't the only one who had encountered this phenomenon. Ferrant then sought to gather testimonials and wrote a letter to the readers of the local newspaper, the Hampstead and Highgate Express, in its February 7, 1969 edition. After describing his experience, he called for witnesses. Unexpectedly, Responses flooded into the editorial office, and numerous residents of the neighborhood claimed to have experienced paranormal events in the cemetery or near Swains Lane. The descriptions varied widely. A tall man with a hat, a mysterious woman in white, a ghostly figure, a face with red eyes, or even a piercing sound wave. But in all cases, there was an appearance followed by a disappearance. Before we continue with this episode, a quick break to give the floor to our partner without whom this podcast could not exist. Don't go away, we'll be right back. The mystery captivates the entire country and is now known as the Highgate Vampire Case. A few weeks later, on February 27, 1969, the local newspaper publishes another letter. It's from Reverend Sean Manchester, a member of the Church of the Holy Grail. He asserts that the silhouette described by everyone is nothing less than that of a vampire. In his writing, he claims that this vampire was a medieval lord from the 18th century, originally from Wallachia in southern Romania. This nobleman who practiced dark magic is said to have been transported to England in a coffin by his disciples upon his death and buried in the Highgate Cemetery. Resting there, his followers supposedly resurrected him through satanic practices, and since then he's been haunting the cemetery. Reverend Manchester states that to vanquish him, one must decapitate him, burn him, or drive a stake through his body. A few weeks later, the pastor issues a call and organizes an official vampire hunt on March, Friday the 13th. 
The police are on high alert, fearing tomb desecration and wanting to ban the gathering. The press is also present to follow the crowd of onlookers who are determined to put an end to their local Dracula. Despite police warnings, the search proceeds. Armed with holy water and garlic, everyone forces their way through the damaged cemetery gates. To guide this quest, Elizabeth, the young girl who was the first to testify a few years earlier, is asked to follow her instincts. For years, she has continued to live under the weight of her trauma and claims she's still connected to the creature. Based on her descriptions, they need to head to a specific mausoleum. The crowd gathers in front of it. Several men attempt to open it, but the door is unyielding. Some members of the group have the idea to use a rope as a lever and manage to enter the crypt. However, instead of finding a vampire, they discover empty coffins. During this night of searching, the cemetery sustains significant damage. Acts of desecration multiply, and the police strengthen their surveillance. Aspiring experts in occult sciences overturn tombs in search of clues, to the extent that in August 1970, the police find a headless woman's body near the catacombs. Law enforcement pays special attention to David Ferrant, his obsession with unraveling mysteries and his ability to lead the rest of the population worry them. Under police observation, he's arrested in the middle of the night, carrying a crucifix and a wooden stake. He's charged with trespassing in the cemetery and committing acts of vandalism, later facing charges of vandalism and desecration. As far as Sean Manchester, he also returns to the cemetery, but during permitted visiting hours. In a highly publicized book, he claims to have succeeded in opening the mausoleum that Elizabeth had identified as the vampires, and he states that he found a new coffin absent on the night of the vampire hunt. Friends supposedly dissuaded him from staking the heart of the deceased within that tomb, and he settled for leaving garlic and incense on the deceased body. Manchester remains convinced that he killed the vampire, while other residents of the neighborhood believe he is still roaming. So, collective hysteria? Influence from these two occult figures with well-established theories? Media frenzy? Or reality? We might never know. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fabulous Destinies. Feel free to share with us stories that you would like to hear on your favorite listening platform or via Baba Bam's Instagram or Twitter page. We'll be happy to discover them.